It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Sammy Figueroa is a multi-talented artist and highly in-demand percussionist who is, in fact, noted as being one of the world's greatest congueros. This multifaceted man has done it all. As a young man, he started out as a singer until the percussion instruments came along. But in between, before establishing himself as a successful musician, he earned a living in New York as a record store salesman and even found work as a voiceover artist. You know, I was doing a lot of voiceovers. That's how I made my living in New York. And they would call me to do voiceovers. And they wanted me to imitate, let's say, an, a Hindu accent or do mm. an Irish guy or a mafia guy. And so I was that go-to guy that could imitate those accents. And I did a many, many of them. Many. I did so many of those TV commercials for Coca-Cola, for this other company and that. That was so much fun doing voiceovers. Eventually, Sammy established his place in the world of music as an iconic percussionist. He not only went on to become a Grammy-nominated band leader, but also became the world's most recorded percussion player, performing on hundreds of diverse musical genre albums. When you're young and you're doing all this stuff, you, don't, you never look back, you're only looking at the moment. And, you know, so they, they continue to call you and they say, hey, uh, Sammy, can you do this for me? And I go, yeah. And I never said no to anything. I just did the job. At one point, I didn't ask anymore who was I working for because it was so continuous. And mm. I, I wouldn't even say, what am I doing? <laughs> I would just go and then and I would play. And then I, I wouldn't know till days later, hey, do you know that recording I did yesterday? Who was that for? Sometimes the artist was there present. A lot of times they weren't. I was just there to overdub a couple of tracks on their album. I couldn't remember who I played with anymore. I was able to do like 400 and I don't know how many albums. And then when you look back at all that, I says, wow, what a life. And what a life indeed it has been for Sammy. But despite a long and successful career, there was still some unfinished business in life. And that was to musically tell the story of his late father, Charlie Figueroa, a singer of romantic boleros in the 1950s, who passed away as a young man when Sammy was just a small boy. Sammy's producer and lifelong partner, Rachel Farrow, encouraged him to make peace with his father. She suggested he start by listening to his records. He listened and learned, and the results of this remarkable musical journey is a new album release for Sammy called Searching for a Memory. This is an album of cathartic strength and a backstory that takes you on a journey that isn't soon forgotten. It also shows how the song choices and arrangements allowed him to make his peace. Here now is my conversation with Sammy Figueroa. 
What I would like to do today is is focus on the release, which is a tribute and a way to honor your father. And the recording is Searching for a Memory of Busco Tu Recuerdo. And that was not only one of his hit songs, but it really started out with you listening to your wife, and then you ended up listening to your father, so to speak. Yeah, well, Rachel, who is my producer, she produced all my records, and uh, and she's also my partner in everything, and she was the creative idea of doing this because you know when she came up with this idea it was years ago it wasn't now it was years ago and i kept on saying no i don't want to i don't want to record anything for him because i was abandoned when i was nine years old the guy never came to see me or say hello so why am i dedicating a record to somebody you know i didn't know this guy the reason why you would do a record for him is because you have his dna and the reason that you're a musician today is because of him and look at look at the whole thing. You're you're a musician because you have his blood, you know. And and unconsciously, you know, this is what's really happened. But I, I didn't I didn't in in my consciousness I that couldn't register. The only thing that registered was abandonment, you know. So I lived in that denial for years. And I said, no, Rachel, I don't want to do any record for that guy. And uh, and I refused to listen to him, you know. I, I said, there's no need for me to do that. And uh, he died very young, you know, I know he died at 33 years old, he was a bohemian, and he died of alcoholism, you know, cirrhosis of the liver, and, and I listened to his voice, and I said, wow, wow, this guy has a great voice, man, and then I went on YouTube and saw him, and he was quite a, a handsome guy, and mm-hmm. dressed fantastic, and sang beautiful, never went off key once, he was like in pitch all the time. He was a real pro in what he did, you know. And I could understand why people admired him so much, you know. And he was great with the girls, you know, the girls loved him because of course he was good looking, he could sing. And this is all he did, he went from a club to a room, from a room, alcohol, back to the club. And that was his routine, club, room, club, room. And so I finally got to hear him and pay attention to this gentleman, Charlie Figueroa. And I said, wow, what a talent. And it just kept on growing in me, you know. And I said, wow, man, I really admire him. And I even have a great admiration now after all this. And so, so to make a long story short, you know, we, we applied for a grant, uh, Doris Duke Foundation, South Arts, and, and we got the grant. So after we got that grant, I said, well, something's happening here. Maybe the universe wants us to do this record, right? And uh, the first guy that I thought about was Gonzalo Rubalcaba, which you know who he is, and he's one of the greatest piano players in the world today. Mm-hmm. And now the chick is gone, and Chick Corea and all that. Well, he's taken that chair. You know, he's one of the great of the greatest. And how do I get this guy? You know, how, how do I get to play with this this amazing piano player well i i got called i don't know about a month later a week later by john diversa who is a wonderful trumpet player and he's very well known too mm-hmm. three-time grammy award winner and he says hey i want you to do my my recording and i said oh i'd be honored 
And uh, when I went to the studio to record with John, hey, who's the piano player? Gonzalo Ruacaba. <laughs> He's there. And I go, oh, my God, the stars, this is really all meant to be. And I got to say hello. I never mentioned anything to him. I just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to play with this guy and we're going to see what we have together. And we were there for three days recording. By the third day, at the end of the day, I say, hey, Gonzalo, I have this recording and it's dedicated to my dad and it's a special project. And he looked at me and before I kept on explaining, he said, I'm in. The, the person who picked that number, that tune was Rachel, my producer, because Searching for a Memory was one of his, his hit singles that Charlie made that song famous. And so she decided, let's call it Searching for a Memory, because in reality, I was searching for a memory because I, I had no recollection of who he was. It was just a dream. And she asked me, she said, you better sing this song yeah. because it's in dedication to your father. And I, and I, this is the one thing that I resisted. I didn't want to sing at all. Yeah, so Searching for a Memory was uh, Rachel's idea because in reality, it's a perfect tune for the mere fact that I was, I am still searching for a memory of my father. Listen, my aunt, who is the only living person in Puerto Rico who, who was close to him, doesn't even know where he was buried. And uh, we had no information of that. And uh, it was this gentleman from Spain, Jaime Jaramillo, who we met through the internet, who started sending me pictures of my father and songs that I never heard in my life. And I thanked him so profusely because this guy was the guy who informed Rachel and I of my father. We had no history. So now I'm receiving all these pictures and all these songs from my father. I'm going, oh my God, what's going on? And he turned this on to a gentleman that's here in the Bronx who has the oldest record store probably in New York City. I think he's been there for 60 or 70 years. It's called Amadeo Records. His name is Michael Amadeo. And Michael is 98 years old, and he's still there. Wow. Selling records. <laughs> and so I said, wait a minute. So Jaime suggested, you better go see this guy real soon, because he's the only living person that actually was friends of your father. And he could tell you who your father was. And so I said, oh, my God, I got to call this guy. So I called him the other day. And I get on the, on the phone with this guy. And he said, who is this? And I said, Michael, I'm Sammy Figueroa. I'm Charlie Figueroa's son. And he went, what? What? You mean Charlie Figueroa, my old friend? I said, you're the son? I said, yeah. And he got all excited, and he couldn't stop talking about my father. And so we couldn't, I mean, we were both so excited that we had to cut the conversation because he said, look, when you get a moment, come here, and I'll tell you all about your father and who he was and how he was, and I'll give you some recordings so you can take with you. And so I'm all excited about this searching for a memory because the adventure still continues even though the record is out now and everything and it's it, it's it's doing really well uh, it just 
went to number nine in the top 100 in the Jazz Week charts in the country. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm still searching for the memory. Yeah, and it's it's quite a story. And I know this was kind of a catharsis for you, uh, a rite of passage. Uh, and is this something, Sammy, that you were just kind of carrying the weight of this uh, in your memory and on your shoulders through life? And then you finally, like a lot of us, uh, that may have had a separation with a parent or two that you maybe it's time for reconciliation. Absolutely. I, you, you hit it right on the, on the nail. It's exactly that. And uh, the part that you said that carrying this, yeah, I've been carrying this all my life. I, I don't say anything. I'm quiet about it. But yeah, it's like carrying this weight on your shoulder and, and being angry, you know, without words, and then you seal. Now that I'm older, we're, you know, at my age, it's now when I'm sealing this whole thing with my father, you know. And this whole recording has done that, you know. Actually, when we were in the studio recording at Criteria, which is one of the greatest studios in the United States, located in Miami, Rachel did this altar with a picture of my dad, and candles right behind the piano so mm. every time every day we would come in the studio to record we would go to charlie's picture and we would do a prayer for him i can feel his spirit all over that studio you know that we were paying tribute to him and i felt him i really felt his spirit in that studio and me and gonzalo and rachel myself and the rest of the guys we would go up to the altar <laughs> Charlie's uh, little candle, and we would we would have one minute of silence to to send the uh, good thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. so that that this was dedicated to him, and uh, and I could you know I, I think in my estimation Gonzalo played some of the greatest solos he has ever played in any of his records in his life on this recording. What he did here was short of a masterpiece, you know? And uh, I listen to those solos almost every day because they're so prolific in how he did it. Rhythmically and harmonically, they're a masterpiece. And I think they're going to remain some of the greatest piano solos in Latin jazz today. You get that sense when you're listening to the tracks on this album because it, it, it shows that there was a lot going on, not only emotionally, but spiritually. And there was really tribute paid to a man who passed and was not a strong part of your life. But it seems like now, after all these years, has become a strong element in the life of Sammy Figueroa. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. And, uh, and you know, it's interesting because the extreme opposite of me not not acknowledging him now i'm very proud of him even though it was a short span lived on this earth i do admire what he was able to contribute to the voice in itself and the song also on this album your guest vocalist was ime nuviola and the two of you did a duet uh, toward the end of the album el ultimo suspiro Cuando se pierde la espera 
besar Te volver a besar Y en mis brazos tener Y en mis brazos tener El cuerpo virginal De tan linda mujer Ay, 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 ay I can see now after what you just described about Rachel uh, lighting candles in the studio, etc., the recording studio, and then having a picture of your father there, to where at the end of El Ultimo Suspiro, I may... She sings the final note, and then you verbally say your father's name and say, Te quiero. Si no es por ti, para quien? Charlie Figueroa, te quiero. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know that just came out like that. I, I it wasn't even planned. It, it was we were in the studio, and I figured if it's the last song, I wanted to acknowledge, you know, tell my father that I loved him, you know, because I wasn't able to actually vividly tell him because I didn't meet him, but I was able to tell his spirit that I I forgive you, you know, and and that I love you and thank you for giving me what I have. So when I said that, you know, I didn't know that was actually going to be used. I just, it just came out that way. And, and the engineer, we, we all left it there. So uh, I'm glad I did. I, I'm glad I did say that. I could feel like this was that seminal moment to where it all fell into place for you. Yeah, it really did. And, and uh, like I said, it actually healed a scar that I've been carrying all my life since I was a kid. But I live with that. And, and so you carry that all your life. You don't say anything. But I'm glad that it was done now and not after my death. <laughs> yes. That I, I got to do it now before I, I leave. And this is a good thing to do. And it's a wonderful collection of music. And I understand that half of it is instrumental. Uh, and, yeah. and yet while this is uh, obviously uh, in tribute to a vocalist, your father, that you also have vocals, and uh, one of which uh, is I May, which we've talked about already. But right, then, right. to me, uh, the beautiful surprise was to hear you singing. Yeah, I, uh, whew, I didn't know how that was going to turn out, honestly. We were, we were in the studio. I, I wouldn't say the word struggling, but, but for me, for, for myself, who hasn't he opened my mouth in 40 years since I was a kid because you know I when I was young growing up in Puerto Rico uh, in my teens I was singing in different hotels right I had no reason why I was doing it I was just doing it for fun you know and uh, and I was singing in at the San Juan Hotel the Americana Hotel and all these these beautiful hotels with a trio and uh, and that's how I made a little bit of my living was just doing vocals, singing standards, you know, like like cover tunes and stuff like that. And then I, one day I just stopped, I stopped singing, and I just started playing percussion. 
And I never went back to singing ever again. That was for 50, 40 years. When I came to New York, I started working in record stores. I wasn't even a musician. I, I went, I started working at Sam Goody's and because I was a big record collector. And two or three years of my life, I spent them selling records. And, and so when I became a musician again, I wasn't a vocalist at all. I was a musician. I was a percussionist. And I made my life in New York as a musician. And I never thought ever again that I would ever open my mouth again until now until now that I did this this song the title of the album I kind of surprised myself <laughs> that I was able to go through it. The first attempt was, was horrific. First of all, I was nervous as hell. And, and regardless of the two people that I trust wholeheartedly were there, I still felt insecure singing it. And, and then the second time I did it, you know, Rachel kind of relaxed me through the whole thing. And, and we did some voice, voice lessons, you know, voice exercises. And we did that, we did some warm-ups, I drank some hot water and all, did the whole thing. And then it started coming out a little bit, a little bit better every time I did it. So the first and second time it didn't come out, by the third and fourth time it was getting a little bit smoother until I think it was the fourth or fifth time, right, that, that I started feeling something come into me. Hey, maybe my father was <laughs> assisting me there. I don't know. And then by the sixth time is when I went through the song, the best that I could ever do it, and it came out. And I said, okay, I did it, finally. It was a struggle, but I, I was able to do it. That song was the hit song for your father. In fact, I think it's on every one of his recordings. That's right. Uh, That's uh, right. But... In fact, uh, in the lineup of your tracks on this album uh, released now, uh, it starts out with your father singing uh, an excerpt from the song. Busco tu recuerdo dentro de mi pecho Que fue de alegría, pero solo llega a mi pensamiento grandes amarguras para el alma. I wanted to do that because uh, uh, it, it gets people sort of familiar with my father's voice, you know, because. Yeah, the album is dedicated to him, but they have no familiarity of who he was, right? So 
I figure that if we put his voice, they'll get familiar with him. And that's a beautiful way to do it. When you were going to do this with Gonzalo and you sing the song, did you feel any extra pressure? I felt confused. I felt, is this going to come out? I felt all the insecurity things that you could ever imagine, I felt them at that moment. You have a wonderful voice, so don't sell yourself short. Yeah, 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 you're right about that. You know, I, uh, I'm good on stage when I'm talking, when I'm playing, it's all good. But singing, that's a whole different story, you know. Maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe once you do it, you know, once you lose the fear of doing it, maybe then the second time it gets better and better, I'm assuming, every time, you know. Well, maybe uh, at this stage in life, uh, maybe you'll throw the congas out the window and your next album will be a total vocal. Whoa, that's, oh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a challenge in itself. Who knows? Yeah, you never know, right? You never know what the universe supplies. Yeah, that would be a dream come true, of course. You know, I would have to be really on my feet practicing because the voice is a muscle, you know, it's like anything else. And you gotta got to train it you got to make sure that that muscle is working properly. So are all of these songs on this album related or connected to your father? Yeah, every single one of them. They were all his songs. You know, the instrumental songs are, were, were his songs that we were doing it instrumentally. There's one song that this gentleman from Brazil, from Bahia, Munir Hassan, who's a multi-instrumentalist, who I, I saw in Miami, live and he blew me away and he plays guitar bass uh percussion he plays oh my god he's extraordinary singer uh writer ranger he's just a brilliant genius this guy and i asked him hey you want to do a tune on on this recording and he took margie which was a song that was a a beautiful ballad and he turned it into a samba because he said the melody was very Brazilian, you know, it was like the same uh, change, you know, chord changes as a samba. And he, and he came in and, and turned it into a whole samba, you know, and so that's the only tune that's completely different than anything on the album. Margie was a girl that, that used to come see him perform uh, in the clubs. She was blonde, beautiful, and he was always crooning to her. He was in love with this girl named Margie. And so he dedicated this tune to her. The story goes that in the end of his life, she was the only person that was there in the hospital every single day uh, with him, was Margie. You know, mm. So she was the woman that he, he was compelled by. 
Is there any particular song on the album that is uh, really special to you as you tried to portray the music of your father? You know, it's interesting because each song is like a jewel because they're all different. I like the entire album. I like Añoranzas a lot. That's a great tune. I like all the songs, uh, Como Arrullo de Palma, I love what Gonzalo did there because he wrote this triangle part that he says, hey, you're going to play at the beginning of the song this triangle. You're going to start the song with a triangle. And then Aimee's going to sing with the triangle. And he wrote this piece for the triangle, you know, at the beginning. He's so unique. And so I start the song with this triangle. She comes in, and then all of a sudden the whole song comes in, and it just turns into a really magical tune. Como el arrullo de palma en la llanura, como el trinar del sinsonte en la espesura. Como del río apacible el lírico rumor, como el azul de mi cielo, así es mi amor. Como el arrullo de palma en la llanura, como el So I like that song a lot. Como Arrullo de Palma is beautiful. So let me ask you about the last track on the album. And I don't know, it's uh, No Llores Mas. And was it was that intentional to put that last? Because doesn't that mean no more tears? Yeah, that was Rachel's idea. The album ends uh, the last uh, uh, two minutes at the end of the album. Is Charlie who really ends the al the album, which is so appropriate to do that because I figured, look, if this is dedicated to him, why not hear his voice? You know who this gentleman was and how he sang, how he expressed himself. So it starts off with him and it ends with him. <laughs> No es pecado el sacrificio que tú has hecho. Olvida tu traición, no eres culpable. 
todos tienen su pasado Pero el mío es tan triste y pesado Muchas veces de tristeza voy cantando Por el camino que florecen los abarojos It's like at the end, my father is telling me, please don't cry anymore, I'm here for you, you know, you don't have to cry anymore. And, and he's telling me, don't cry, don't cry, I'm always going to be here, you know, and there's no need for tears, you know. So, it, it's like the end of a life, you know, of a situation that happens when you're a child, you're older, and at the end, and let's say my father was here right now, He says, you don't have to cry anymore. You know, things are much better. You are clear in your head of what happened and, and everything is okay now. So it sort of ends the tune. And I think that the crying part is, it's not crying because you're sad. You're crying because now you're clear and you're, you're happy that things have clarity now and you can celebrate. And the cryingness is the emotional part that sort of releases everything. I, I know you called this project a, a blessing for you, Sammy. Uh, what does it mean to you personally? Uh, what's changed about you now? Well, they say you could lay it to rest now. You know, I think that those words apply to anything in life. It doesn't have to be. But when there is clarity in any situation to, for any human being, when there is clarity, there is peace. And so what it did to me is made me more peaceful. It also has made me more patient and made me actually more humble in the fact and, and grateful that I cannot take anything for granted that everything that has happened to me in my lifespan, you know, playing with so many great artists, uh, being recognized as, as that, as, as the percussion player most recorded, And now I, I take that as gratefulness to everything that I have achieved, you know, up until now. I mean, if I had to leave today, this afternoon or tomorrow, I would be very happy because I, I, I was able to clarify something that was like a weight on your back. And that is clear. And now I feel free, you know, and uh, from, from, from those shackles, like I said. So, so now... For me, I'm like beginning all over again. I'm, I'm like starting uh, a new life, you know. And age has nothing to do with it. I, I think that music is ageless. I mean, Dizzy Gillespie said it very clear. I'm going to leave on stage. There is no age. I'm going to go when I go. And I still have years on me to still be creative and continue Once, you know, as long as I have my mind and my heart and my health, I can still continue to create music and, and be close to people who are creative and who are humble and who, who still want to be in this beautiful music world. So, yeah, it, this record has taught me to, to start something new. So now that you've been set on to a new path, where does this musical journey take you? Well, you, you know, there's a lot of, there's a couple of ideas that I, that come to mind that I would like to do. 
One of them is what you said. It, it was to do a vocal album. I, I would like to make an attempt at least to try that and see what happens. Uh, you never know, right? And uh, what I've noticed is that in this music world today, there are very few male vocalists out there. There are more female vocals in jazz than there are male. There are very few male vocalists. And I said to myself, wow. I mean, you got your Kurt Ellings and Gregory Porters and, uh, you know, all these guys. But there's a few of them. You can count them with your hands. But female vocalists, there's so many great ones. From Samara Joy to, you know, to Jasmine Horn to, uh, oh my God, there's so many great ones. But there are very, very few male guys out there. So it gives me sort of hope that I can probably take a chance on that and do a vocal album. Well, we will all look forward to that one. And uh, <laughs> please reserve a spot in, in the club or in the in the large venue when you uh, release that one, because we'd love oh, to be there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, how can our listeners learn more about you? Well, very easy. I mean, uh, you know, when you go, you know, in Google, you can find anything. You know, right? So, all you got to do is just Google my name, Sammy Figueroa Music. And basically, all my history is there, and uh, and my records are on every platform from, you know, from Amazon to iTunes, to everything and every platform. And uh, all my records are there, from Urban Nature to The Magician to Sammy Walked In, all those beautiful records that I still cherish very much in my heart because they were all they all meant something to me. They all had an adventure, and uh, and when I listen to those records now. I realize all the time that I put into that in my heart and soul. And Rachel did such an amazing job producing those records. Uh, she's such a great artist. She's a singer-songwriter herself, and she has her own records. You know, Rachel has, you know, many albums, and she's been in this business way longer than me. And she's produced people like Eddie Palmieri, Paracumbe, you know, all these cultural, beautiful albums that she's done on her label, Ashe Records. So... My my records my my new record is on Ashe Records on her label, and I'm very proud to be on that label. It's beautiful, and uh, I have a few albums on that label, so people can find me there. Ashe Records, AsheRecords.com, and uh, and like I said, they're they're everywhere. They're in every platform. Well, Sammy, this has been a genuinely wonderful period of time to spend with you, to learn more about you, and this special recording that you've done. And I would like to thank you for being our guest on All That's Jazz. I am honored to be here and talking to you. This is fun. I mean, I could, I could sit here and talk to you for days for more stories and more stories. And uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with master percussionist Sammy Figueroa. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.